broadcasting live from the phx.fm studio in phoenix arizona it's time for valley business radio spotlighting the valley's best businesses and the people who lead them Welcome to Valley Business Radio, where we tell the stories traditional media tends to ignore and help connect you with the right people. I'm Adrian McIntyre. Today's show is the first in a special mini-series we're doing on financial topics. Each Wednesday for the next eight weeks, I'll be joined by members of the team at Wild Wealth Management Group, an award-winning independent financial advisory firm that provides comprehensive retirement, investment, real estate, insurance, legal, and tax planning services all under one roof. Each week, professionals from the firm and their trusted partners will delve into topics ranging from retirement and the stock market to college planning, real estate, and insurance. With me today in our virtual studio are three executives from the Wild Wealth team to share a bit about the firm and its innovative approach to helping people, businesses, and families. Trevor Wild is the co-founder and managing director of Wild Wealth Management. He's an independent advisor representative who holds the accredited investment fiduciary designation. He's been on the Barron's list of top 1,200 advisors nationwide for over a decade. And in 2020, he earned the number one overall ranking in Arizona. Janine Lackey is an independent advisor and Wild's chief compliance officer. She entered the financial services field 20 years ago and joined Wild Wealth Management in 2008. Janine is a certified financial planner and registered representative and holds her Series 7, 63, 66, and 24 registrations. Jackie Yoder joined the Wild Wealth Management team in March of 2020. As Chief Operating Officer, she leverages her excellent leadership and teamwork skills to ensure that objectives are met to the highest standard. Jackie holds both a bachelor's degree in accounting and an MBA. She also holds Series 7 and Series 6 registrations as well as her life and health license. All three of our guests today are active in their local communities, serving on nonprofit boards, mentoring youth, and volunteering in many different capacities, which they're going to share about on today's show. Welcome to Valley Business Radio. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Trevor, tell us the story of Wild Wealth Management. How did the seeds of what has now become this unique and powerful financial services firm come to be? Adrian, thanks for, for having us again today. Um, super excited to be here with you. and and. Uh, yeah, how it began. You know, it's interesting. You know, my dad was always an entrepreneur, dealt with a lot of different businesses early on through my childhood, real estate, franchising, um, and got into, kind of fell into the financial services um, industry in the, in, the late, in the late 80s as he got into really starting to help people through um, insurance, looking at their life insurance and their property and homeowners insurance. But you know, when I'm asked that question, you know, there's really not a time when I think about um, my upbringing where you know this business wasn't a part of our family. You know, I mean, as I said, he he started to drift into the financial services business in the late in the late '80s. I was in getting ready to go into middle school, and you know, and then it really, you know, he he found his niche. I guess is the best way to put it, and it really became something he was passionate about as I got into high school. You know, we were always helping set up educational forums or you know um, client events, and so really from from a young age, uh, the the idea of being able to help people um, was really born through watching my dad in the beginning of his career, and just how much he fell in love with helping people and and all the things that he did. Just it it, it became a family business very quickly, and it really just that's how it was born. You know, the seeds were laid and there was really never a time where I didn't 
envision myself not being in this business to some, ex, you know, to some extent. I, I wasn't sure what that would become, obviously, you know, 30 years ago, but um, that's really where, where it started. Now, you also have a competitive athletic background. You played football at the University of Arizona. How did that mindset shape the way you've put this firm together? Yeah, I did. And I had a, uh, just a lot of really amazing uh, experiences and memories and coaches and um, friendships that, that were evolved over my entire athletic career, not just ending at the University of Arizona, but you know, starting at high school right here in Scottsdale and finding my way to a junior college, um, you know, before I ended up playing at the University of Arizona. And, you know, part of it was just, you know, when, when you play on a team, a competitive team, and especially at the levels that I was able to get to with the University of Arizona, and you see how, what really makes a team work. And I was a part of some some really great teams, some really amazing teams that accomplished things that nobody really thought. And I was part of some some teams that didn't. <laughs> and that's part of sports, but you learn a lot of lessons through those events and what what made those teams that really thrived beyond the expectation, how they got there, what they had to do. And you also learn a lot through the failures, those teams that that, you know, were projected to be what they weren't. And, and the things that happened and the, how the players came together or how they didn't come together, how the leadership was formed. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot, of, a, a lot of lessons that I learned through my career. I think for me personally, um, one of the things that I really learned was just, a, you know, what it meant to work hard. You know, I was, I was never the biggest guy on the field ever. I was never the fastest guy on the field. You know, I, I, my, my, my athletic career started right here in Scottsdale at Horizon High School, and we had a, a really great team with some really talented players. Uh, but when it came to a conclusion, I, I wasn't offered an opportunity to um, play at the level that I wanted to play. My goal was to play Division One, And so um, I had a decision to make. I either gave that dream up or I went maybe a non-traditional route, which is what I ended up doing. And and, and going to a junior college for two years, which allowed me to grow and continue to develop myself as a player and as a, you know, as a, as a person. And um, ultimately made my way down to Tucson where I was able to play for, for Coach Dick Tomey. And, and, but the, the work that it took to get there as an undersized, um, not the fastest guy, uh, it was a constant battle. And I, and I really learned the value of work. And, and at least for me, um, I also learned that, you know, when, when you truly work and you put your mind to something, you can accomplish it. I never became a starter at the University of Arizona. Um, and, and I don't even know that that was necessarily my goal. My goal was to play there and be an impact player. And, and I believe I was able to do that and have a really great experience all the way through. Janine Lackey, you also came out of an athletic background. I'm intrigued by what it was that you observed as a trainer of gymnasts that specifically had you think, you know what, I need to stop training and start supporting in these other ways. I need to help people get their finances in order. Can you tell us a little bit of that story? Sure. So um, I first started in Chicago uh, supporting the athletic career of gymnasts and getting them to a, a higher level. And then in 1998, we moved to Arizona and I went from the collegiate level down to really young 
uh, gymnasts and obviously, you know, worked with their parents at that point in time. And, you know, especially in Arizona, um, in Scottsdale, we've got a lot of gymnasts and you would see the struggles and the competitiveness. And that just kind of led from one thing to another. And it took took me down a path that opened up the financial planning world. And I was like, you know what, this is this is perfect. I found my passion. Um, I was great in math and science. And I went down the science route and I ended up in the math route. Um, but definitely it was a fun path that took me there. And the life is a ride and it's always fun, the twists and turns that it takes you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when I was growing up, my little sister was a competitive gymnast. And just if thinking back to those years, the, you know, three hours a day at the gym, which was a half an hour drive each direction, the, the, the meets, the international travel, like it all adds up. And, you know, we were a solidly middle-class family, two working professional parents, but certainly nobody's, um, kind of, you know, one percenter type situation. And, you know, I just remember those conversations around the kitchen table as my parents worked out their budget and tried to figure out what we could do and how we were going to fit Laura Lee's, you know, gymnastic stuff into our family's life. And it really strikes me now as you're saying that, that there's so many young people, regardless of their interest or their passion, and regardless of their family's place on the socioeconomic spectrum, whether the very top or the very bottom, so many young people's passions are being impacted by their parents' financial ability. And that puts in many ways constraints on young people, even if their family is is very well off. What is it that you love now about the work that you get to do, helping those families navigate and really empowering everyone to flourish? So one thing I really enjoy is when I sit down with my prospects and my clients is we set financial goals. So we say, okay, what do you want? You know, what do you want in the future? What do you want right now? And then we're able to take their assets and and what they have currently. We know what they want and we're able to navigate what we need to do in the in-between to get them to that goal. And for me, it's always fun, you know, to be able to sit down, of course, with someone to say, okay, we're perfectly on track. But if we're not, here's the options. And we can run through those options. And then, you know, every time we meet and every year when we update that plan, we can see that we're on track to meet those goals. And it's always fun to sit back and be like, you know what, five years ago, 10 years ago, do you remember when we started this relationship? And we we were unsure if we were going to meet that goal. Well, here we are. We've met that goal and now we're moving on to the you know the next 10 goals because we've established you know things along the way as as they continue to meet them everybody gets excited and just wants to do more very rewarding indeed jackie yoda you're the chief operating officer at wild wealth management a financial advisor in your own right why do you do this what do you love about it um i guess the biggest thing i love is just being able to grow people within this organization you know, watching people and having those conversations of where do you see your future and really pushing them to figure that out. I think a lot of times people are put in positions and they're like, yeah, this is good. Right. Um, And a lot of times they're not asked what it is they see for themselves in the future. And that's something I, I sit down with everybody and I ask them that question. Sometimes they look at me like, 
I don't know if I had anyone ever ask me this, right? Um, but it's so important because making sure we put the people in the right places is really what's going to make um, Wild Wealth grow into such an even better firm than it already is in the future. Now, Trevor, what Jackie's saying speaks also to the internal design and composition of your firm. You've put this together in a unique way. You offer a wide variety of services under one roof. Now, if somebody is just looking from the outside, there's a whole variety of independent financial services firms from the big ones to the small independent practices. How would you characterize Wild Wealth? What makes it different? What makes it special? Yeah. You know, one of the things that we found that I found early on in my career, you know, our, our, our average client is not a multimillionaire. They're, they're really, um, families like mine and like yours. They're, they're, they're the family next door that, that they work hard and, um, they're trying to save and raise their kids and provide for their family and all that. So early on in my career, what I saw was a major void for middle America where most of middle America didn't have access or doesn't have access, at least easy access to competent um, legal services, in many cases, tax planning services. And obviously the investment advice and what we do for our clients through the planning and the management of investments um, is, can also be limited you know, to, to the very first question that, that usually gets asked, which is, well, what's your firm minimum? And we felt strongly against having firm minimums. We've never had firm minimums. But what we, when we, when we, when my dad and I finally formed Wild Wealth Management Group back in 2003, and I and I was able to have those first years of experiences where, well, again, what I saw was a void for Middle America. Very infrequently did people come in, and did they have the proper legal documents? Um, you know, very few folks had formal. Uh, tax planning meetings. And even the ones that did very commonly, they weren't connected, meaning they would have their investment accounts and they were titled incorrectly. They didn't match the will or the trust that they had been designed. And so when, when we started it, that was one of the core things that we wanted to do. We really wanted to be in a position where we, where we had professionals in each one of those fields that we could pull in to ensure that our clients not only we're getting the proper advice and the proper guidance, not only from us, but from, do I need a will or a trust? And if I have a trust, how does, how do my investments coordinate into that? But to make sure that the coordination on the back end was completed. And that's really where we sit today. You know, we, we, you know, the kind of five areas that I think all Americans deal with, we, we have right here under our roof and we can coordinate that for folks and we don't do it with the exception of, Hey, but you have to have $5 million or a million dollars. You don't even have to have a hundred thousand dollars. You know, we, we have those professionals here to help our clients um, get things done and be successful. And those five areas, the kind of key buckets that people need to be thinking about are. Yeah. You know, I think about, you know, the investment management and planning, which is kind of the hat that, that we wear outside of playing a little bit of quarterback. Um, everybody needs at least a basic will in those basic legal documents. Some might need more, some might need less. Um, everybody deals with real estate at one point or another, right? They're, they're buying their first home, they're downsizing, they're right-sizing. Um, insurance is, I always call it kind of the dirty word because, you know, I've been trained that insurance is a necessary evil, but we have to pay attention to it. You know, we have to be in not just your life insurance and health insurance, but your property casualty insurance, your liability insurance. And then lastly is tax planning. 
Um, and maybe not in those orders, right? I mean, I think what I experience is it stages in clients' lives, one becomes more important than the other, and it's kind of a constant re-ranking. Uh, but those are the five core uh, things that people deal with. Every one of those areas could be overwhelming and intimidating uh, to a, a civilian, to just someone on the outside who's thinking, oh, I need to save money for college. I wish that I could somehow, uh, you know, figure out a way to be smarter about my taxes. Um, maybe they're a small business owner or they, they, they're worried about liability issues in, in a variety of different ways. These all take unique combinations depending on the specifics of any individual or family's circumstances. Absolutely. Right? So Absolutely. how do you work with those clients what what's the process tell me get it let's let's take a hypothetical situation where someone's to the point now where they're ready to sit down and they're across the table or next to you on the same side of the table is probably a better metaphor uh what happens next yeah i, I think you know in janine's answer to your last question it's very much like that that, that it's discovery is probably the single best word you know I, I don't know that, you know, we're designed and we're the best fit for every single person that's looking for someone like us and vice versa. So, you know, the process is really pretty simple. We like to have an open conversation with, with, uh, the prospective client to talk about, you know, what their experience has been and where they feel like they haven't had the proper guidance that they, that they think they need, where they've been happy in previous relationships, if they've had them and where they've been unhappy. And, and it allows us to give them the same dialogue around, well, here's what we do. Here's our, you know, here's when we will pull in um, our tax professional, our CPA. Here's when um, we'll pull in our legal professional um, and, and coordinate, you know, an effort to make sure that you can be the most successful you can. But I think the, the simplest method is it's just an open conversation, much like this, you know, and, and in general, our focus is, and people, you know, again, it's a, it's commonly the first question when a prospective client comes in the door was what's your minimums. And it's the same answer. We, we, as a firm, we don't believe that we, we don't believe in having minimum investable values. What we're truly trying to find is we want to take on relationships where we believe we can truly have an impact and make a difference. And, and we can, we can do part of that, right? Cause a lot of it is the way that we've organized our firm, but the other, the other part of it is it, it still takes a commitment um, from the prospective client to see these things through and to get them done. And so in a perfect world, I think what we're looking for is, can we help? And, and does the person on the other end have the same level of commitment to make sure that, you know, that, we, that, we, that we make progress? Let's talk for a minute about how financial services firms like yours get paid, because this is something that I think not a lot of people are aware of. There are some major differences in how that happens, and you're aligning yourself very much with the client and wanting to be as transparent as possible. Could you speak at, at whatever level of generality is appropriate to the different ways that a firm like yours could make money, and then the specific way in which you've designed your firm to, uh, to, to work? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I will say that, you know, the industry as a whole is becoming more aligned, you know, where I would say five, 10 years ago, it was uh, much more difficult to understand how you were paying your investment advisor, whether it was IE a, a commission, whether it was a retainer or hard dollar planning fee, or whether it was a percent of the assets that they're manage, you know, that they're managing on your behalf the industry is aligning has made great strides to become more transparent in how that goes, but it's still a major question 
um, that, that needs to be discussed. And to your point, every single one of our clients is, is very different and we do, uh, personalize, you know, the goals and the things that we're working through for each person. So it may be different from one person to the next, but in general, our general clients are going to work with us in, in generally two different methods. You know, the most common is a, what, what's known as a fee basis, which means we, we're going to take responsibility, discretionary responsibility of managing the investable assets, whether it be the 401k or the IRA or the after-tax investments. And, and generally, for purposes of just general purpose, that fee typically runs between, I'll say, 0.75 to 1.25% per year, depending on the size of, of the investable dollars and what's what's needed to help support and and, and help that client be successful. Um, so that's known as a fee basis. The, the, the second method is a retainer basis, which much like you would work with um, an attorney uh, or, or many other professionals where there's a scope, you know, we, we would identify the scope of what the client needs help with and what the time requirement might be. And then there's some sort of annual fee on a retainer basis that's assessed for those services that are provided. One of the things that strikes me about your profession is the when it's working well, you have become one of the most trusted uh, advisors, one of the most trusted roles in a client's life. Uh, you're you're touching all of the top priorities that are most important to them. And you're in a relationship for a long time. And when that relationship is working well, it's mutually beneficial. But let's not kid ourselves, a long-term relationship has lots of ups and downs like any human relationship. Yeah. We've talked a lot about what makes you a great choice for clients. Let's talk a little bit about the client side. What makes an ideal client and what makes them a good fit for wild wealth management? As I mentioned before, when, when we're interviewing, when we're going through that beginning process, when we're getting to know a prospective client, they're getting to know us. I think, I think as, I, as I take a step back and look at all the relationships that we serve and the ones that I would classify as being most successful, and that, that being most successful for me isn't because they have the most money. There are clients where we were able to pull our resources together and have the biggest impact on their overall life. It might, might not have meant making money at all. It might have been planning through a you know, an issue that they were having with a, you know, with college funding or tax planning or just a lot of different things come to mind. But the most successful relationships we have are the ones that are truly committed to us. I know that sounds funny. People always say, well, we're hiring you. You do the job. You let us know when we need you. The way that we work with our clients is we do like to have kind of a pre-prescribed communication schedule. And, and it, it, it's, we don't charge any more or any less based on the communication schedule that we might have with the client, but it is something that we review semi, uh, pretty regularly. And it always is surprising at the number of the lack of, of communication that we get back from clients on a, as simple as something is something as simple as we want to have a quarterly conversation with you about how things are going. Our most successful relationships have a very high percentage of returning that phone call, for example, right? Our scheduling staff reaches out to schedule the reviews in the most successful relationships that we have, um, make it part of their routine where, where, where they return the phone call or the email, they get scheduled and we're actively having these ongoing conversations. And Adrian, just like you said, it, it, you know, we're all humans and, and our needs change. And the other uh, common trait 
about our long-term clients. Our most successful long-term clients is open communication. Our most successful clients are not, um, you know, it's okay to say, hey, this didn't happen like I needed it to happen. Or maybe this is the way we've been doing it for the last five years, but because of where I'm at, I need it to be altered because I need something different right now. And I think that's another common trait that our most successful long-term relationships, that they're very open with us. You know, they're not afraid to say, hey, I know we've only been doing this every six months, but I got something going on in my life that I would really like to have a conversation with you every every other month, you know, until we can kind of get through whatever this challenge is. And 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 those are the two things that, at least that I see, that, that make those clients that much more successful. Janine, Wild Wealth Management has such a wide variety of experts and partners that really can advise clients on so many different aspects of their life from the things Trevor's mentioned, the the obvious things like investment, retirement, the tax, the accounting, uh, insurance, estate planning, you know, all of the typical kind of things. But there are also experts in other areas, uh, whether it's specifically about Medicare or buying a car or planning for college or even writing resumes to advance one's career. What's it like to be part of this multidisciplinary team? And how do all these different pieces of the advisory network that you have, how does that work to serve clients? Well, I'll tell you from the advisor's perspective, it's great. I also think from the client's perspective, it's great simply because we can become that go-to person. So, you know, you've got this problem, whether it's something that's part of the main five or six topics of a financial plan or not, you know, hey, I've, I've got a, a roof leak. Do you know somebody? I mean, it can go from a wide range of just, you know, contact me, let me help you. Um, from the perspective of what we've built at Wild Wealth, I think it's really important for the client because it allows us to share information, go back and forth. Let's just say with the estate attorney who I actually talked to this morning, um, let's make sure all of the accounts are updated to the proper um, beneficiaries. And, you know, there is something to be said to, to be able to tell a client, hey, let me walk down the hallway, ask the CPA that question, and I'll get right back to you. Versus knowing you have to make a phone call and wait for their return, you can literally knock on the door. So I think that's nice from both the advisor and the client. But from the client perspective, I've gotten a lot of feedback that says, you know what, we really like the fact that you have that team built internally for the main five, six topics of financial planning, but also have the base of contacts that we can literally call you and ask you, hey, do you know so-and-so? Um, and I think it goes back to, you know, the question of what makes a, a great client. I think it's honesty and openness. You know, we're honest with you. You're honest with us. We're open conversation. And that's what's going to get those clients to the next level because we can help them to the highest extent possible. Now, Jackie Yoder, you've just joined Wild Wealth Management in March of 2020 as Chief Operating Officer. You came in at a, let's just say, interesting moment in the history of the world, uh, not to mention in the trajectory of this firm. Tell us a little bit about your role, uh, how you're spending your time, uh, and what's most interesting on the horizon for you. What, when you're looking into the future, obviously, we've still got difficulties to get through, but what are you most excited about? 
So yes, I did start at a very interesting time. Um, there has not been a lot of downtime, I guess you would say. Um, and whenever I was interviewing with Trevor and Janine, we had a lot of ideas on some of the marketing stuff that we wanted to do. And that all kind of <laughs> is now shifting, I guess you would say. That is the side, though, that has been exciting. Um I know there's a lot of change right now and, you know, life is a little heavy, but really making these changes for the future and the way we market and the way we get ourselves out there, I think this is going to be a huge for us in the future. Is it a little crazy right now? Yes. Um, but we have made huge steps in um, changing our direction for marketing and, I think now that we're seeing it all come together, it's exciting. It's it's a new adventure, I guess you would say. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. Now, Jackie, you and everyone else on the team are very active in the community. You're not just locked away in an office or having client meetings, whether face-to-face or virtually. You're uh, doing a lot out there in the world. Could you first, and then I'll have others uh, weigh in as well, share about some of the causes that you're committed to, some of the work that you're doing out in the world beyond the, the financial domain? Sure. Um, I guess before I even came to Wild Wealth um, and something that I loved was that Trevor was so involved in the community and I am a mentor for a girl named Chelsea um, through you uh, new pathways for youth. And that was something that just, it was special to me because I've always wanted to adopt a child and all of that, but I don't foresee that actually happening in my life. I think it life's a little too busy, but um, just being able to see her grow and to be able to show my own kids how much we can give back to others um, has been really, really good. Um, they look at her as like an older sister and it's honestly the sweetest thing ever. Um, and now being part of Wild Wealth and all the volunteer stuff that we do through Wild Wealth, it's it's amazing. And giving back, you know, that is something that just makes you feel so good inside. And right now there's plenty of areas of where we can give back. So I think we're very blessed in the fact that we have the ability to do that. Janine, you certainly have a, a long and varied history of volunteer work. Can you speak a little bit about some of the things that are important to you, some of the causes, some of the organizations that you have and continue to support? Definitely. So I've been um, fairly active in the past in the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. It's a interesting disease that most people are very unaware of. Um, so bringing that to the common, common knowledge and help supporting that community was really important to me. I also have become a lifetime Girl Scout because I think it is important um, for young ladies to to know that you can be in a man's world um, and, and do just fine. So I think it, it's good to to support our young women um, to make sure they have that ability to to be strong and know that they can succeed no matter what route they choose for their lives. 
Yeah, we're huge fans of the Girl Scouts around here. I mean, I think you're right to point out that most people are not aware of the depth of the leadership training and development that happens for for young girls and really building the foundation for the leaders of the world we most desperately need. Uh, it's just such an incredible organization. Agreed. And then my um, my niece actually created a, a nonprofit organization for up in Albuquerque, and uh, she she gathers product uh, for the homeless and makes hats and blankets for them in the winter. So we're a huge supporter of her um, because, you know, supporting the homeless also, you know, you never want to be in that position yourself and more than likely they didn't choose to be there themselves. So let's help them um, with the best life they possibly can. Trevor, tell us a little bit about some of uh, your work, about uh, community relations here in Arizona, some of the things that you're involved in as we wrap up this conversation. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks, Adrian, for for actually uh, talking about this because, you know, there's so much that we've ingrained in our business that really came from the way I was raised. And part of our family, going back to my childhood, was always finding ways to give back sometimes. And, and usually it wasn't in monetary ways, it was in service. And that's something that at the core of Wild Wealth Management Group of our organization that that we, that we have, we've always had. And we've actually formalized it. So we actually put a name to it. We, 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 we've formalized uh, our community outreach under Wild for Arizona. Um, and we did this because you know, this goes back five or six years, but we pulled our clients about, Hey, did you know that we're involved in these things? You know, and these are things, and we do probably a dozen different activities throughout the course of every year to get clients and really to help formalize our clients engagement, whether it's monetarily or service oriented and, and focus. And our, our clients overwhelmingly told us, um, number one, we didn't realize that you were as active as you are. That was the first part that was kind of surprising. And number two, we, we, we absolutely want to know about them. Even if we don't want to participate, we want to be aligned with an organization um, that does give back to the community. And so we formed Wild for Arizona as kind of our community outreach arm. Um, we, we've set the focus on uh, organizations that really focus on um, helping and improving the lives of the youth in our community. Um, you mentioned some of the boards that I sit on, Junior Achievement of Arizona, and Child Crisis Arizona, which are two unbelievable nonprofits that that focus on those areas in different ways. And there's a lot of them out there in Arizona that we've that we've partnered with and and done things with. But um, it, it's something I'm really proud of. Um, we've done a, a toy drive for probably I think this will be our 19th year, 18th year. We partner with Toys for Tots. We consistently have. I think last year was close to I'm not I think it was four or five thousand toys that we that we underwrite an event and then our clients donate and we we provide to Toys for Tots to um, doing things at uh, for Child Crisis Arizona Junior Achievement we've done things for Phoenix Children's Hospital all sorts of different events um, and sometimes it's just you know taking time out of a day to go down and help pack the food here's what I can tell you and. I think we all know this, this environment that we're in is, is Jackie mentioned the word heavy. It's a heavy environment. You know, even for those that are doing well financially, it's heavy. There's decisions and everybody's impacted with how your kids are going back to school or a decision of, do your kids go back to school or not? I mean, it's just a very, very heavy situation. And from, um, the involvement that I have on some of these boards, 
you take that and compound it by two or three. And that's what many, many people in our state are dealing with is, is they do have massive financial hardship. These not-for-profits and these organizations are, are struggling and they're, they're going to continue to struggle as we get through this. And if there's ever been a time when, when we can all step up and, and do a little bit more and that little bit more can be compounded to have massive impacts on our community that the time is now. And I appreciate you making it a point to bring that up because it, it, we can have an impact and now is the time when, when we need to. That's our show. I love Trevor's parting words. Yes, we're living through some heavy times and we can all step up. The time is now. If you enjoyed the conversation, please subscribe to Valley Business Radio on your favorite podcast app. You can also find the latest episodes online at valleybusinessradio.com. For all of us here at phx.fm, this is Dr. Adrian McIntyre. We'll see you next time on Valley Business Radio. Wild Wealth Management Group has ranked as one of the top advisors for the 12th consecutive year on Barron's Top 1200 Financial Advisors, ranked number one in Arizona for 2020. Award recipient Trevor Wild, Financial Advisor at Wild Wealth Management Group. Barron's Top 1200 Advisors. Over 4,000 advisors who wish to be ranked fill out a 102-question survey about their practice, data is verified, and then applied to a ranking formula. The ranking reflects the volume of assets overseen by the advisors and their teams, revenues generated for the firms, and the quality of the advisors' practices. The scoring system assigns a top score of 100 and rates the rest by comparing them with the top-ranked advisor. Listing in this publication and or award is not a guarantee of future investment success. This recognition should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Securities and advisory services offered through Cetera Advisors, LLC, member FINRA, SIPIC, a broker-dealer, and a registered investment advisor. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. 7025 North Scottsdale Road, Suite 115, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85253. For a comprehensive review of your personal situation, always consult with a tax or legal advisor. Neither Cetera Advisors, LLC, nor any of its representatives may give legal or tax advice. The charitable entities and or fundraising opportunities described herein are not endorsed by or affiliated with Cetera Advisors LLC or its affiliates. Our philanthropic interests are personal to us and are not reviewed, sponsored, or approved by Cetera.